Hey, welcome in. It's the John Cast Podcast. And uh, thank you for joining today's podcast, which is brought to you by Ian's Pizza. As you can see, whoops, wrong corner. In that corner, we're planning our next promotion. But if you missed our big uh, bracket contest television giveaway, I got the video posted on all social media, Instagram, Twitter, and and uh, whatever. Actually, at Facebook. That's the other one. I just joined Facebook. Today's episode is also brought to you by me and Julio in Fitchburg, where they've got the April specials, including the blackened shrimp salad and the Chipotle chicken wrap, plus Wine Wednesdays. $5 wines by the glass all day long. And my favorite, Tuesdays and Thursdays, $4 classic margaritas all day at me and Julio. And if you want to pick up a, a T-shirt, a Wisconsin kind of sports-themed T-shirt, you can go to johncastpodcast.com. Okay, let's get it started with today's episode. What happens when a radio broadcaster gets let go from his sports talk job? Well, he tries to figure out what he wants to do next for a career, and in the meantime, joins the 4 million other podcasts on the internet, and the John Cast is born. Join me each week as I talk to guests I find interesting or entertaining from the world of sports, play-by-play -play broadcasting, or whatever else sounds fascinating to me at the moment. The John Cast is what I'm doing until I figure out what I'm doing. Subscribe, download, and I hope you learn something along the way. I think I need a new intro. It's been a while. I think I need a new intro, and I know my next guest would tell me, hey, you need a new intro, it's too long. And for episode 47, my next guest is Owen Murphy. What's up, Owen? I didn't think that was too long. I thought it was okay, actually, and I kind of chuckled. I thought it was pretty oh, did good. you? Yeah. I was just thinking I need a new I need a new intro. That intro has been bumping since episode one, and we're in 47 well, right now. I mean, so fair enough, right? So people listen every time. Of course, I mean, you've got millions of listeners and, and yes. viewers. Uh, they're... They've heard it a billion times. They've already heard the joke, right? So you're just mm -hmm. telling the same joke over and over again. So it's up to you. Okay. What yeah, I would say good. is just do it live and make it unique every single time and make mistakes and it's okay. I was thinking about adding a lot of and explosions <laughs> and reverb. I did that. Uh, do, do you want to intro me before I tell you what I just did? What do you mean? Like, well, like who I am, and I'll explain a joke that I just did for one of our radio stations. Okay. Well, today's guest is a former coworker of mine from her days on Heller and Murphy. He's also a producer for ESPN Radio for different sporting events, including Major League Baseball. He's a producer for the Dan Patrick Show back in the day, and he's also in a band called the New Age Healers. That guy, and Murphy. I produced the morning show on KEXP, and many people would know KEXP from the YouTube channel. Uh, which has got like two million subscribers and a billion views, and it's crazy. And the, you know, and they they built it before I got here. It's amazing, and I have nothing to do with it other than like I, I enjoy watching it. But uh, <laughs> so 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 I, I'm fairly busy. So so you know, John and I back in the day did a bit that was called Dumb Takes, where John would just make a bunch of radio sound effects, cliched radio sound effects. You're listening to the Zabadoo with Shabada and Wagadam. And John would make all the sound effects. And so John, we we did a two for Tuesday. And uh, I created a whole bunch of radio drops based on two for Tuesdays. So it was things like, and make sure to come out to Dibbo's in Poughkeepsie for Ballard's baseball. And I don't know, whatever. And ladies drink for free. And I'll tell you what, I could spend days on end making fake radio promos based on the cliches of radio. They just crack me up to no end. I don't know why I find that hilarious as well. Like if I just, if you said, John, your job, your next job is just to make funny, fake radio commercials. Oh I'd my like, God. Greatest ever. Yeah. Like we should create a fake classic rock radio station 
that is essentially just what classic rock radio stations are. So like it's Bob Seger every every hour we're turning the page. You know, we're getting the let out. It's two for Tuesday. Ladies are always drinking for free. It's like there's like there's like a there's like a little bit of sexism in every single song. A little <laughs> too much, you know? Just a little. There's a little. How, a little how can every song is written by a 43-year-old guy but a 17-year-old girl? <laughs> you know what classic rock is now though? Oh, it's probably like Pearl Jam and Nirvana, isn't it? It's Nirvana and Pearl Jam, exactly what I was gonna say. Yeah. That's that shows how out of touch I am. I don't even listen, so I wouldn't have the slightest idea. Yeah. You turn yeah. on a classic rock station now, you're gonna be like Teen Spirit or German Spoken. It, it's just going to be just all the 90s awesome songs are now classic yeah. rock. Wow. That uh, that makes me old. Yeah, yeah. it does. So what's yeah. up? Uh, what are you up to? What's keeping you busy these days? Yeah. Uh, so it's the morning show on KXP, um, which is always fun. Um, I'll be in San Diego this weekend for ESPN Radio um, producing the baseball, the, the national broadcast of Braves of Padres with Carl Ravitch and Doug Lanville on Saturday and um, Luke Shambi and Doug Lanville on Sunday for Cincinnati Baseball. So that'll be pretty cool. Um, my band has a new album coming out. We just released a single. Um, and so I'm kind of working on promoting that. And, you know, when you're an independent band of a bunch of old dudes, um, no one cares. So uh, you have to work a little harder to get people to listen. Um, uh, you know, and what they don't know is that we're amazing. You know, it's not it's not just all this handsome, but it's incredible music as well. Yes, I heard this. What, what's the name of the single? The I latest single is called um, "Don't Let Me Go." Um, so you I, okay? I got okay. Let's talk about that real quick. So well, you you make music? Yeah, I write and not, produce it. I know. Back in the day, you obviously used to make those fun radio bits, like with uh, you know, "I Want Your Rex" or whatever, uh, "Draft House" in Verona, you know, those types of things. Well, how long? I mean, but you've you're in a band and making music and writing songs, and it's really good. Yeah, I've been in. I mean, before I was in radio, I, I was in bands. I was a, a drummer in a kind of post punk band in Minneapolis in the, uh, I guess that'd be the early '90s. With you know a little bit of success, um, you know, like so, for, like that band, for example, toured uh, with a band called Trenchmouth out of Chicago. Um, and what Trenchmouth is most noteworthy for, besides being a pretty cool band, was their drummer was a fellow named Fred Ar Armisen, uh, who you know from um, Portlandia and Saturday Night Live and a billion other things. Um, yeah, and so we got to tour with those guys and a bunch of other bands and play really amazing shows at places like First Avenue and um, in Minneapolis and toured, you know, toured the country a little bit. Um, yeah, so, you know, I've been playing music off and on since I was in my 20s, which is, you know, I'm 54 now. So was it like, that's 80 years, right? I've been, I've been playing music for like 80 years. You're 54? Yeah. You can retire uh, in 11 years. Yeah. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> we, were, we were talking to our financial advisor because we're in our 50s and we have things like that. And um, uh, that he asked, uh, when do you want to retire? My wife was like, yesterday. And I'm like, never. <laughs> <laughs> Because I make radio. Radio's fun. My God, why would I want to stop? Uh, I mean, I could think of a few reasons. But, I mean, you're as far away from retirement as you were from when you were on Heller and Murphy. About, give or take. Yeah. How does that make you feel? Uh, I don't care. I don't know. Um, yeah, you don't I'm, care about getting old at all, do you? 
Well, sure I do. I mean, honestly, I didn't know this was going to go this way. Um, yeah, the truth of the matter is I think about my age every single day and it kind of, uh, I have to fight through it. Um, and it, and it's, it seems like the, you know, the older you get, the less society gives two flying bleeps about you, you know, so you, um, uh, which, you know, I know in, in the, in the list of things that people are dealing with, ageism is so far down the list, but sometimes it just feels like uh, you're just being asked to be to, just to move aside so other people can take your spot. And it's like, well, wait a second. <laughs> Don't I have a place here too? You know, mm -hmm. so. Um, well, that's uh, what it's like a little bit in, would you say that happens in broadcasting? In terms of ageism in broadcasting? Yeah. Well, I so I don't know. I mean, I mean, if you think so, there's so many different ways to go here, right? But like, if you think of the successful broadcasters, they're probably all in their fifties and sixties. I mean, there's very few who are young. Mm -hmm. um, you know, um, and I'm you know I'm drawing a blank on names right now, but the young ones who are great, who I can think of off the top of my top of my uh, head, are like Adam the Amin. Guy. Oh yeah, Amin. Joe Davis. Yeah, Joe Davis. Yeah. Joe Davis is amazing and a really nice guy yeah. too. Um, Joe Davis and Adam Amin and Jason Benetti. Um, but most of the guys, um, who, who is the guy that does the masters and stuff and is worth Romo every, good Lord. I mean, I mean he's gotta be in his seventies, right? Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, Al, Al Michaels is in his eighties for God's sakes. I mean, Joe Buck is, well, he's probably my age. He's probably 55, 54, 55, you know? Um, yeah. So I, in, that, in terms of sports casting, I don't know, but commercial radio is just so effed up that it's like, it's hard to know the reason why people lose or keep jobs and frankly it feels arbitrary to me based upon uh people yeah. in 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 large cities in boardrooms making bad decisions that then trickle down on regular people in in uh in the in the small and medium markets who have to like do things like less is more on clear channel radio or whatever uh, and there's no way to achieve these goals and they can't achieve the goals and the the stations keep losing money and they keep leveraging it against the debt. And it's like a disaster. And then people lose their jobs, you know, and, and uh, it's just, and I feel for them because I don't know that I could do any better because the industry is in this massive um, changeover in terms of, uh, in terms of platforms. Right. So I mean, look mm -hmm. at you, like you've got this amazing platform here right now. Someone like you, you're doing this from your basement for goodness sakes. And it looks great. Well, half of it does. I'm in my daughter's old bedroom, which we haven't fixed up yet. So my part looks, I mean, there's a ton of handsome, but yeah. it looks terrible. But yours looks amazing. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Um, so, you know, this, this this flux of, you know, where broadcasting is going. And um, I don't know. I mean, if I had to guess, I don't know how long AM radio has left to live. But uh, yeah. Uh, that's funny because I was just talking with that, uh, talking about that with somebody. Is I mean, AM radio is so old school. It's like old school, old school. Because everybody who it's, there's still people I think my age in their 40s, um, and maybe a little who younger. Who have never heard AM radio? That never. They don't even know what it is. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> that that kind of grew up still on the sports side. You know, like you'd listen to games on AM radio. Or I'd listen to K Fan on AM radio. So I was still mm. familiar, and I know if I want sports, I go to AM radio. But as that keeps going down, and those younger people start getting older, like the AM radio just keeps getting pushed out further and further, and things like this are so unique. There's such a cool space to like do a video and have cool, like a cool setup and everything. And you can get downloads and it's, it's just something that, that, um, I don't know that they should probably start gravitating toward even more than they already are.
Well, and think about it for a second. So it, it's on demand as well. So like I, I don't listen to my, I mean, you can't, I don't listen to my, my favorite podcasts in real time. You know, I listen to them when I want to. Like we just joined a tennis club again, cause we're in our fifties uh, and it has a gym. And uh, so I'm doing the rowing machine. Um, I'm listening to a podcast and I, it's all a card. I get to choose what I want, you know, whereas radio, I mean, there's, there's something amazing about the immediacy of radio. Right. Uh, and, and some of it's like, so for example, I work for the station called KXP in Seattle and we are a publicly funded music station. That's internationally known. Um, and again, they built it. I didn't, it sounds like I'm, you know, tooting my own horn there. I'm not, they built it. I'm just helping now. Uh, um, but you know, the DJs curate their own sets, which is a really rare thing in music. Um, you know, most most radio stations, be it commercial or non-commercial, there's someone in a boardroom or in, a, or in their office or whatever, two weeks earlier or a week earlier, picking the music for that day. And how on earth could you know what the world is going to be like a week or two weeks in advance and have the music right for that moment? Our DJs can change on a dime. So if an artist passes, we can honor them instantly, instantly. If, uh, dogs are barking in the background, sit, bad dog, roll over, bad, sit. Um, if, if a listener has a really special request, we can play it, a, you know, one minute later, you know, uh, yeah. and, then, and then we vibe off that, you know, and from that you get this uh, immediacy that's, you know, really vibrant, you know, and keep in mind, we're a, a 4,000 watt station that is top 10 in the market. Um, you know, our signal doesn't go everywhere. Uh, and yet we're still listened uh, by a ton. And in terms of like public stations across the country, how we raise money, uh, there's, there's an algorithm you have to use to figure this out, but we're top three in the country in terms of audience versus money raised. So mm. because we're constantly making one-on-one -on -one relationships with audience, um, and it's all about community and connection, right? And most radio is talking at you, and this radio is talking with you. You're part of the conversation. You're part of everything. Um, it's more meaningful. It, like, it, like, you know, and, and because the DJs curate their own sets, you never know what's going to happen. Uh, and I know I'm going on here, but I just love talking about this stuff. I'll, I'll, I'll finish it up with this. Uh, and, and you and I have probably talked about this in the past, but my one of my favorite scenes in movies ever is from the Howard Stern movie, Private Parts, in which pig vomit and a uh, radio consultant mm -hmm. are trying to figure out Howard Stern's amazing ratings. And so, so the, I think pig vomit says, who's a program director of the radio station says, uh, how long do people, so like, keep in mind uh, as a baseline right now, on average, people listen 11 minutes at a time. Okay. Uh, you know, so if you get past that, you're doing pretty good. Uh, so, Pig Vomit asked the consultant, how long do people listen to Howard Stern? People who love Howard Stern, how long do they listen? And the consultant goes, an hour and a half at a time. He goes, and the Pig Vomit's like, that's incredible. I, you know, and by the way, Pig Vomit hates Howard Stern. And, he, and he's, he's incredulous. He can't believe it. He goes, okay, what about people who hate Howard Stern? He says, uh, I'm sorry, go back. He says, why do they listen for an hour and a half? He goes, because they want to hear what's going to happen next. They want to be surprised. That, okay, people who hate Howard Stern, how long do they listen for? three hours at a time <laughs> why because they want to hear what's going to happen next you know and that's the thing if you're pre-planning radio two weeks in advance there's no surprise because you, you can't you can't have yeah. the surprise you can't be part of the vibe of the world at the moment you're completely missing out and it's um and it's bad radio in my opinion
Yeah. Yeah. That and um, I was um, listening to, you know, what else gets me about FM radio and all the fun little liners and commercials and everything is the, so like FM DJs will always say, not always, but commercial FM DJ radios would be like, man, I got a four hour shift today. Really? You mean you talked for 13 minutes total in the four hours? I was listening just last week to uh, music on the radio and it was somebody taking a call like what's your name She's like sherry what's your last name and there was like sherry berry or something i don't know is that her name it's like that's a crazy name and then it just went to the next thing it was seven <laughs> seconds long and i said that's the whole break you just talked to somebody and asked what their name was and that's 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 the entertainment but it hits because it has that like little stinger and it makes it sound like oh what a great bit yeah i don't know it's not for me it doesn't hit at all you know and so on <laughs> the rare occasion that like i hear commercial radio i really just don't hear it anymore um it it's just so empty and and the, you know uh, the djs are forced to like talk about nothing yes. uh and, and do it within 15 to 20 seconds and you know if you're i mean there are incredible broadcasters out there who are amazing communicators um you know and and the great ones just change the rules right yeah uh, sure. and and they don't you know I mean, that's thing. like Howard Stern would just go on forever. He would never take a break. And then we took a break. It was 25 minutes long, you know, uh, and so be it, you know, and, the, and they were selling out like crazy and people didn't mind me in the middle of a 25 minute stop set of commercials, you know, yeah. um, cause well, people were listening of, to find out what was going to happen next. Yeah. Well, speaking boom. of great broadcasters, boom, speaking of great broadcasters, you worked with Dan Patrick on the Dan Patrick show back in the, how long did you work with DP? Oh, uh, I don't know, a couple of years, I suppose, two, three years, I don't know. What was that like? Yeah, it was amazing. Um, so this is mid 2000s. Um, so who, so I'm trying to think like who still, I mean, the, so I, I first worked on the show when um, uh, um, Paul Pabst was the, Mm -hmm. producer and he's he's back to being the producer again and um uh seaton was our he was my assistant i don't think he worked with paul back then uh and then todd fritz was our booker and uh um it, i just I, I don't know I, I said so many inappropriate things to todd that there's just no i couldn't possibly tell you any of the stuff i've said to him um <laughs> okay yeah yeah um <laughs> I, I, there's no way uh um he's a they're, they're just and Dan as well. Those guys are just great. They're amazing. Um, I'm lucky enough, like if I'm in Connecticut, uh, I, can, I can go visit this show and stuff and hang out. And um, it's been a little while and I'd love to see him again. Um, but, the, uh, you know, the invitation always seems to be proffered and it's really appreciated. You know, I was uh, out there last fall during the pandemic for baseball. We had to broadcast from Bristol for ESPN Radio. Uh, do all the show, do all the games remotely. Um, and so one, probably Saturday night, me and Seton met up for a beer. Um, Paul and Dan were all out of town and stuff, so I could, could, couldn't get together with them and Todd as well. But um, uh, yeah, so the, it was great. I mean, so back then it was, Dan Patrick was the host and we had a uh, rotating cast of characters like Rick Riley was always on. What are happened to Rick Riley? Yeah, it doesn't matter. I don't um, know. What is he, he was doing? Great. I don't know, but he was great. Uh, yeah. And Reggie Miller was on. Uh, He'd always, what he always, he has a nickname for all of us. He'd call us some, um, oh shit, I'll think of it in a second. I can't remember now. Um, Ellie Wishes. 
Owen Aloysius Murphy, Reggie Miller, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> um, uh, and uh, let's see, uh, Keith Olbermann was on every day for an hour. Um, okay, from from his home Dibble in New York City. On back then, or when did Dibble come? Uh, so he was on before um, Olbermann joined up. Uh, okay. Yeah, I guess in the early days. Now I think about it, it was it was Dibble, Sean Salisbury, and Dan. Uh, and that was both an incredible show and at times a disaster of a show. But in the disaster, it was great. You yeah. know, uh, you know, the opinions and silliness were fast and furious. Um, you know, but the one thing was that it was at times hard for Dan to do interviews, which is he's really great at because the other guys you know, are stars too, and they wanted to be involved in the interviews, and rightfully so. They had questions they wanted to ask, and they're smart guys. Uh, um, but they ain't Dan. Uh, and he's about the best in the business. Um, I mean, that's, that was fun building interviews with Dan, you know, because, I mean, the questions had to be perfect. Uh, and you had to really think, be thoughtful about it. You know, where, you know, how are we starting? Where do we want to go? What are our follow-ups? You know, and so if you watch the show now, those guys are so good. And you, it, just like watch when the, when the camera cuts away from Dan during an interview and you can see like uh, the whole crew. Usually it's a back shot, and you'll see Paul. He's got his head down. He's got his mic, his face right in the mic. And he's probably whispering a question, to Dan, mm -hmm. because I've never seen someone so good at listening so closely uh, and instantly having an idea or a question going. Paul Pabst is incredible in that regard. Um, it's funny. I was just thinking about also like Todd Fritz. Like when that show launched, I said this is, must be two thousand nine or something like that. I said I predict Todd Fritz is the breakout star of the show. Now I don't know <laughs> if that happened or not, but he's so entertaining. And I just I just knew that that character, that person, as a, as an authentic person in front of a camera would be a star because he's kind, he's ridiculous, he's hardworking, he's smart as hell, he's funny. But he's funny sometimes, not on purpose, you know. He's <laughs> yeah. he's an absolutely authentic, unique, amazing character. And Pat Patrick or Seton is just the best. He's just you know the greatest laugh in sports radio, and smart as hell, and kind, and funny, and interesting, and thoughtful, and opinionated. And th those are those are all great dudes. They're amazing. It's an amazing show. Amazing people. It is. And Todd Fritz, I love the mock headlines from Todd Fritz, and he you're amazing. right. He's He's funny and sometimes he's unintentionally funny. And Dan Patrick, what I love about DP is I know I'm going to get like a, uh, a grown up take about something. You know what I mean? Like yeah. he's going to be pretty fair about it for the most part. And I like that. Um, but it kind of leads me to my next question. So you used to be like a sports radio coach. Like you, you started doing that for a while. Remember that? Do you remember that? <laughs> That was awesome. Remember, remember that was awesome. No, no, no John. What, I don't what remember parts you... of my life. Thanks for asking. Well, what's that? I don't remember parts of my life. Thanks oh. for asking. <laughs> what annoys you the most about sports talk radio? What annoys me the most? Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, so again, I don't listen that much anymore. But um, I was listening to the station last fall when I was on the road for baseball, and. Um, about half the show was commercials. It felt like if it wasn't commercials, then it was it was commercials and promos and music rejoiners and out to break. So it was just like constant noise and chaos and never just content. Yeah. Um, and uh, it, it was at times unlistenable. Mm. And uh, I, I I don't I mean I don't know if that's the status the, the status quo anymore. 
but it was not for me. Um, and I think, you know, the, the general idea from Clear Channel back in the day that less is more was right, but they didn't, they got it wrong. They just, they just shoved a bunch more spots that were shorter in the same amount of time in stop sets. It was silly. Um, but, you know, and they're up against the barrel too, because I mean, they're losing audience. So then they're losing, uh, you know, ways to sell commercial inventory to people because they, they don't, they're not perceived as being valuable. And so they've got to, you know, give more away to people to make, you know, to make a profit. And so it's, it's just tough, you know? Um, so I feel for him, but it still makes bad radio. Um, yeah. and there's gotta be a better way. I don't know that I have the answers, um, but there should, there's gotta be a better way. There's gotta be. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, there are a lot of commercials in sports talk radio. That's for sure. The thing that I think is interesting is the balance between like actually talking about sports and having fun because I like to have fun. I like to hear silly things. I like to have fun conversations with my friends. And if I hear it on the radio, I think that's okay. But sometimes it comes at the expense of, um, you know, something just happened with the Packers and now we're having a silly segment or something yeah. like that. Where, how yeah. do you, what's the right balance? Well, uh, you know, it's interesting. So I'll start here. Um, well, look, if something big has happened with the same Wisconsin, the Packers, I mean, you got to stop what you're doing. You got to focus there. Right. You got to go as long as you can. Um, you know, at the same time, so as, you know, as being a, a radio consultant and, and working with talent across the country and uh, a few stations as well, um, you know, you, you start listening a lot to, to stations you didn't normally listen to and the internet totally opened that up, right? So you got to really dive in. And, and what was fun was to like listen to the stations, um, like the Odyssey stations in Boston or in Detroit. Odyssey seems to have it do it better than anybody else, right? Really? Uh, or they, at least they were. I, again, I haven't listened for a while. I don't know. Um, yeah. But there, to me, what struck me was, or even the fan in Minneapolis, right? Yeah. Um, that's an Odyssey station, isn't it? Um, I heard. Um, oh, sorry. Sorry. Um, uh, all those stations have one thing in common. Uh, and, and, you know, in the end, like, like I kind of threw up my entire playbook. I was like, well, there's really only one thing that wins in sports talk radio. And literally that's just um, uh, uh, chemistry. People on air who have chemistry and look, there's basics, right? They got to know sports. They got to know the local scene, uh, you know, but I mean, you'd flip on uh, the, the, the Odyssey station in um, Boston. Was it WBZ or W? I don't remember what the hell it is. doesn't matter. Um, the game. <laughs> Whatever it's called, uh, I don't know. The fan, uh, the, the fan, the zone. God, sorry. Um, yeah, and I mean, they just be bullshitting for uh, you know hours on end. They just taking calls and BSing, right? Yeah. Uh, but they were talented, and they had chemistry, and they had chemistry with their audience, and it was, and and the, the calls weren't organized in any way, shape, or form. It's like one guy wants to talk about the Celtics, next guy wants to talk about his toenails, the next lady wants to talk about the the um, Patriots, uh, Red Sox, Red Sox, Red Sox. You know, and 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 uh, but what ended up happening was they were they were flipping around topics, and it was like they were turning pages of a book, uh, and the story was changing, and you never knew where it was going to go. Surprise again, right? And then yeah. chemistry, and they would. They would riff off of each other in a way that was really surprising and organic and real and immediate. And the listeners were part of it. It was a community, you know, uh, mm -hmm. and so it was pretty good. 
you know, and most sports talk stations, and I don't know how they do it now. They, I mean, I guess I guess I listen to occasional ones in here in, here in Seattle, but they just feel stiff to me. And I say that with love in my heart for my friends who are on the air. Well, actually, I think about it. I don't have that many friends on the air in Seattle anymore. They've all moved on to other things. Um, one, I have one friend who's on the air here. Um, but for the most part, hey, well, it's one on the air here. I mean, I've yeah. got I've got friends, John Audius, including <laughs> okay, my friend John one Audius. on here friend. Yeah. Okay, and sorry. one one in this conversation, my friend John Audius, my friend. <laughs> two friends. Um, yeah, I got two friends. Um, yeah, but like they're just it's just kind of stiff, and I don't know, and you know, they're I don't know, it, no chemistry. Yeah. Um, speaking of chemistry, Heller and Murphy was a program you did um, on 1070 AM. That's true. Myself and Mike Heller. Yeah. What was most enjoyable about co-hosting Heller and Murphy? By the way, I've done, I did some Owen Murphy Heller searches on the internet. There's some really funny stuff from forums on there. I'm just saying. Really? Yeah. You should search it. Oh, will it make me feel bad about myself? No, it's funny. I think it's funny. Okay. Usually well, it's, it's it. me getting kicked. Anyway. And usually it's me getting kicked in the crotch though, and maybe rightfully so. Uh, <laughs> so my favorite thing was you guys. There's just no two ways about it. You two. You guys are amazing. I mean, it's the same thing with these ESPN radio broadcasts I do. You know, going like so I did the Rose Bowl this year. That's great. Going to the Rose Bowl is amazing. Doing the game, incredible. Ohio State played somebody. I think it was Utah. I don't remember <laughs> now. Uh, um, because whatever. You know, yeah. because, uh, you know, someone, every game, someone wins, someone loses, and we move on. But uh, the people I was working with were incredible. And that's the way it is all the time. I'll be hanging out with Carl Ravitch and Doug Glanville and Boog Shambi, and they're amazing. They're amazing people. Yeah. Uh, you know, and that's the fun part, you know, hang, you know, getting to meet, well, I've already met Bob Melvin before. Um, uh, and and Snickers, uh, the Braves manager is great too. Really entertaining. Um, so that's, that's also fun, you know. Um, yeah. The games, you know, they're great, but whatever. But like, the, it's the people, right? And yeah. you two are amazing. You're unbelievably talented. You're nice people. Um, out of the three people in the booth, you're the, you're one and you're two and three and best looking. Yeah. Um, yeah. Keep going. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was one. I was I was the best looking. Oh, dang. Uh, and and the gassiest too. Um, My favorite and, was all the bits you brought to the show. We had zero oh. bits before you came on, and then bits galore. <laughs> it was just all about bits and they're yeah. all funny well they weren't all funny like 90 percent of them are funny yeah 50 <laughs> okay. maybe that's ah, trying to be kind yeah 80, 70 yeah um well i mean that was fun to have that kind of forum to do that kind of thing and you guys were open to it and uh um yeah you know i, I don't know my favorite thing was just kind of walking in every day and sort of not knowing what we were going to be doing and thinking you had a plan in place. And then that would go out the window with something or other, you know, um, uh, you know, and it's funny, you know, it's kind of hard to do. So like Madison is, was a market like, it's like market 95 now, right? But back then it was market 100. So it's smaller. So you're just not going to get the same amount of interaction from the audience as you would in a bigger town, like or one that's a rabid sports has a rabid sports space like Boston or New York or whatever. So you kind of have to generate content constantly on your own. You can't count on listeners to uh, bring anything. Um, and then there's usually just like a few drunks calling all the time, uh, you know, which yeah. every now and then you put on the air and be like, oh, what do we just do? John Krabbelhoff. John Krabbelhoff. Bo yeah. Ryan. Short passes. <laughs> Ken Maka. 
You know who we're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Sound bites galore from that guy. What was that guy's name? It was uh, um, Mike and Reedsburg. Mike and Reedsburg. Yeah. Yeah. He he drank a lot on our show. Yeah. And uh, or or <laughs> Dave Monona, who would call him pretty lit too. I think um, he's pleasant. And um, uh, yeah, so you just you can't. You had to. We had to do it all ourselves, sort of. You know, and um, and you know, even like the 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 guest base to, to get people on the air was tougher too, you know, because yeah, sure. there just wasn't as many people to get on the air, you know, mm -hmm. um, um, you know, and having college kids from the local schools fine, but they're not great talkers. So, you know, <laughs> not always, some of them are, some of them are, but I mean, the yeah. kids, you know, the whatever the kids, kids, you know, and you can't hammer them. even though they deserve it for not winning that, that sports ball. <laughs> yeah. You screwed up, 18-year-olds. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Kid. Yeah, it's so <laughs> hard. You? Like, how, how can you be mad at some kid who's 18 or 20 or whatever? It's just, you know, I mean, they dribbled off their foot. Um, hey, did you – you're still a Timberwolves fan, right? Yes. Oh, did you watch that game yeah. against the Clippers? Oh, well, that was so good. Well, let's get to that because yeah. this leads to what I want to do. I want to get some hot takes from Owen Murphy. Hot take time. Oh. Hot takes. Hot, Hot takes. takes. <laughs> Brought to you by and also by. <laughs> time for hot takes. Hey, all right. Hot takes. Hot take time. Um, all right. Let's start with that. The Timberwolves celebration after the play in. Loved game. it. Okay. Hold Nothing on. Hold on. Let's, okay. Before you. Okay. So Owen Murphy loved it. Let's, um, in case people don't know what we're talking about, let's uh, watch. This is the TNT reaction of it. Listen. <laughs> There is uh Patrick Beverly. Yay! Yes. I was watching this and I was like, heck yeah. And then he only well, takes his jersey off. Boom. Then he takes his pants off. <laughs> and they're going 2022, led by Patrick Beverly. Yeah. Who has become in his first year. And then the what's hilarious is pretty soon, like Carl Anthony Towns is like kissing his lady. His former teammates, where he played for four years. Everybody's celebrating. And Reggie, it's clear to say for him, crazy. But a lot well, of people, including the cast of TNT, you Friday at home against the winner. Kind of critical. Of New Orleans and your favorite City. team. Let's just take that out. Um, Ernie, I can't believe what I just saw. Yeah. <laughs> what did you think of that celebration? Uh, well, so I, I didn't have any problem with the criticism either. I mean, I get it. Uh, mm -hmm. But so listen, uh, the Timberwolves started in 1988, right? Was that, you know? Yeah, I think 89. Yeah. yeah there, thereabouts, right? So like, I was, I was in my early 20s then. And uh, it was a big deal to get an NBA team. And we were terrible forever. I mean, I remember being excited by Tony Campbell because he averaged 23 points a game. And then they drafted Pooh Richardson, who I thought was going to be really good. And J.R. Ryder could just dunk and he could shoot. And he was athletic. And he was like, he was like the Anthony Edwards of his day, um, sort of. You know, I'm yeah. hoping yeah. Anthony Edwards has a real career, not J.R. Ryder's career. And then you have these little blips of guys they draft late in the first round and have like 30-point games. You think, well, this is the future, right? And it kind of reminded me, of the twins in 81 and 82, where you had Kent Herbick and Gary Gaetti and Tom Brunanski and, uh, you know, Tim Laudner and Frank Viola and Ron Bleepin Davis and all these guys, you could feel there was something happening, right? Uh, and you had hope 
after years and years of losing, right? So for us Minnesota sports fans, for Timberwolves fans, they're, they're sort of my favorite team out of Minnesota. And I, I suppose it's sort of an underdog mentality. Uh, that win was amazing. They were down, I mean, it was a 26-11 run at the end, right? And they were down by, what, 15 or something? No, they were down by 10, right? They're down by 10. Yeah. yeah. And, and they ended up coming back, and they persevered. And it was Patrick Beverly's defense. It was, you know, some timely shooting. Uh, you know, and they never, I mean, they stood fast against a, a veteran team. I mean, Paul George was going nuts. He was just hitting everything, you know. Uh, so that was a great win. Uh, sure, the celebration was a little over the top, um, but whatever. Uh, that's that's the beauty of sports is that great things happen and people get to celebrate. And uh, and who cares what Shaq thinks or Charles Barkley thinks or Kenny, Kenny, Shaq, uh, Eddie Jones. Um, uh, I like doing my Charles Barkley, but I like to do a little bit of it. Um, boy. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so I mean, I I loved it, and uh, I loved it. I, loved I love it. this. I love this team so much. I can't stand it <laughs> because I understood. Like after I'm watching that, I'm like, wow, I, I felt good. I'm like, Minnesota is winning. That's fun, and everybody yeah. in Minneapolis is cheering. I'm like, that was so cool. And then they go to the well, TNT crew, and they're like yeah. making fun of them. I'm like, shut up. You don't understand. Well, and keep in mind, you thought they were going to lose, didn't you? Probably, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I was. Yeah. I thought they were going to lose too. All right, I didn't. Th I didn't think they were going to lose, but I was really. I didn't know what was going to happen. But I was concerned, right? And so, like every time they'd make a shot or make a play, I'd be like, I, I was. I didn't realize at first I was doing it, but I was going. <laughs> yeah, it's been a long time. Yes, yeah. I guess they made the playoffs in like fourteen or something, right? Didn't they with Jimmy Butler? But that doesn't count. <laughs> Well, that was no, it was like 18 or something like that. 17, oh, 18, 18. yeah, 17, 18, something like that. Yeah. I don't remember. No. All right, next All right. hot team. Um, Clayton Kershaw got taken out of a game in which he had thrown 80 pitches and had a perfect game. And then they said, nah, you're done. Hot take time, Owen Murphy. What am I supposed to? I'm supposed to have oh, just tell on. me what you think, and it's a hot take. <laughs> it's not a hot take. It's I don't know. The, the guy's the guy's been injured for two years. He's in yeah. his 30s. They need him for they sure as hell could have used them uh, last fall when they didn't go as far as they expected to go. Um, yeah. They, I would have had no problem. They'd take them out after 50 pitches, you know? Yeah. Um, uh, and, and here's the thing. Baseball's changed. You know, it's just not pitchers don't pitch the same way they used to anymore. They, uh, they bring it all game long. And so they're spent, you know, uh, early on. Uh, it, it's, they're not as paced as they used to be. The hitters are better. The hitters can catch up to a 100-mile-an-hour fastball now. It's just harder to pitch now. Um, and the other thing is, is that they get paid a lot of money. And so if they get hurt, that's a lot of money being spent for nothing. So, um, you know, and Dave Roberts is a smart guy. The Dodgers are an incredibly smart organization who are on top of analytics. Uh, I, I have no issue with them taking them out. None, zero, zilch. Yeah, when you look at the details, it makes sense because of the injury history, because of where we are in the in the month of April, and because of where baseball is nowadays. That makes sense. Eighty pitches, whatever. It's the perfect game. It's a no header, whatever. But there, there was part of me that said, "Imagine it's nineteen, and it's not. Imagine it's nineteen ninety six, and one of the top pitchers in the game has thrown eighty pitches in a perfect game. They're like, we're good, we're done. You'd look at the manager in that situation and go, why, why would you not?" 
leave your best pitcher in there and complete something that's only been done, I think, 23 times in the history of baseball. Well, think about how the game has changed. It's so interesting. So, for example, the Rays went to the to the World Series a couple of years ago uh, with a fairly decent starting rotation, but guys were injured. I mean, they, and they, they just bullpened it their entire way there. You know, and, and that's kind of how the game is now, where guys just start, do two innings, someone else comes in, you know, and lefty-ready matchups, and you got to keep guys in longer, or, you know, you can't take them out. You can't Tony La Russa anymore. But uh, the game has just changed. Um, uh, yeah. Um, yeah. And it's not bad. It's just different, you know. Um, and in, in some regard, it makes me feel like the little guy has a better chance to win now. Um because you can spend less on a bunch of arms um, and interchange pieces and compete. Yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, final hot take question for you, Owen Murphy, because you're in Seattle where Russell Wilson was the quarterback. No! Until recently. Russell Wilson will lead the Broncos to what this year? Hot take time, Owen Murphy. Oh, I, was, I wanted you to ask me how I feel about the Seahawks getting rid of Russell Wilson. Oh, okay. Um, how do you feel? And then part two, how do you feel about the Seahawks getting rid of Russell Wilson? So I don't know a lot about the Broncos. Um, I right. suppose if I, I have a game there this fall, I'll know more, but I haven't really followed them. Uh, remind me, their defense is pretty solid. I haven't done a Broncos game yeah, in a couple of years. I think they got a good defense. They've got a good defense. Uh, as I recall, they can run the ball a little bit. They have a former Badger running back, right? Yep. Yep. Okay. Uh, so here's the thing. Um, if you let Russell cook, he can do amazing things, but he's got to want to cook. Uh, and I don't know that all the time that he wants to do that. And he's not Russell Wilson who's 23 anymore. He's 33, 34 years old. Um, he can still run, uh, but not like he did in the past. And he, um, it feels like, and I don't know the man, I, you know, I, I don't know what the decision-making process is, but it, it feels to me like he doesn't do all that he can do. He wants to stay in the pocket and, and, uh, be that kind of quarterback at times when it would benefit him to get out of the pocket. It would benefit him to run with the ball a little more uh, and it would help the team. You know, oftentimes you'd see in the fourth quarter, he would open it up and do those things, but yeah. why wait? You know uh, um, now with that in mind, he he's a, a great quarterback. He's, I don't know if he's top 10 for sure. I don't know if he's top five anymore. He was top five for a while there. Mm -hmm. uh, he, um, you know, no one throws a better deep ball in my opinion, a more catchable deep ball. Um, uh, I think the Broncos will instantly be 11 game winner. He wins. Yeah. yeah they'll be really good. Um, but the, they'll have the some frustrations fan, with him. The Seahawks fans, like, are they mad at Russell Wilson or are they happy that he's moving on or how do they feel about him? Well, right. So I think, I mean, look, there's two things here. One, he won a Super Bowl. They should have won two. hand the ball off to Marshawn Lynch. That's on Pete Carroll. What, what a disaster. Um, you know, and I moved here and I became a Seahawks fan. And so it's like, it's hard to even talk about because that's been two Super Bowls in a row. Uh, uh, um, so Seahawks fans will love Russell Wilson forever. You can't take yeah. that away from him. Uh, and he was amazing. Uh, unbelievably fun to watch. The best player on the field, most games, every game. The, probably the best Seahawk of all time. My favorite Seahawk of all time is Marshawn Lynch, but the best talent is probably yeah. Russell Wilson. Um, Although you can make some cases on the defensive side for other guys. I mean, Earl, Earl, um, uh, Thomas, yeah, Earl Campbell, <laughs> Earl Campbell in his sixties as a, as a safety for the Seahawks. Amazing. Sure. He's in a wheelchair all the time, but he's that guy still those legs, those Tanya Harding legs, you know, incredible. Um, 
so I, you know, I, I think most fans look at it this way. They're like, how on earth did Seahawks ownership and keep in mind. So Paul Allen passed away. It's, it's his daughter and probably uh, a boardroom of people running the team. How did they choose Pete Carroll over Russell Wilson? Because there is one rule of NFL football. And that rule is you've got to have a quarterback. And right now the Seahawks do not have a quarterback. So Pete, and, and by the way, Pete Carroll's back is against the wall and they have not drafted. Well, uh, they've drafted poorly, frankly. Um, and so they're betting on drafting and they're not very good at it. So good luck. <laughs> yeah. It should be interesting yeah. to see how they try to replace him. And then on the flip side, what, what Wilson can do uh, in Denver. Cause I like, I think what you said is, is correct. You just throw it, uh, you know, a top five to top 10 quarterback on a team and they're going to get close to double digits and wins, especially now you're playing 17 games. You got that extra opportunity, but they're an uh, like team, I man. see that too. They're a playoff yeah. team for sure. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Um, all right, Owen Murphy, that was hot take time. Um, and that's kind of all I got for you today. We covered a little bit of everything, wouldn't you say? Well, I liked you. You had you sent me a list of questions. And like the last question was, what makes you think you have the right? <laughs> and I, was like, <laughs> I was looking forward to answering that one. <laughs> that's from the office when uh, Toby Flenderson was in his exit interview with Michael Scott. And Michael Scott was like, <laughs> Who do you? And then like the new HR person was in there, so he had to like say it differently. So he's like, "Who do you think you are? What gives you the right? <laughs> what, what, what gives you the right, Owen? What gives you the right?" I'll, I'll end on that. Love and kindness, man, and appreciation from my friend John Audius. You know, we're different. We're older. We're different, John. You've you've got a, a ponytail in the back of your head that makes you look like a shaman. I I've got a goofy mustache. Yeah. Uh, and and butt hair on my chin we're Whoa. different we're older we're still the same loving guys who yeah. appreciate a good ribald sports conversation i wish helper was here uh why can't we do one of these, these things with mike helper he is welcome to the show i'm just kidding wouldn't that be awesome <laughs> yeah maybe i don't know nah, i don't know i think this is good <laughs> the way it was for now yeah yeah Owen thank Murphy. you thank you sir have fun in san diego i wore the shirt that said san diego because of that I love you, John Adias. All right. Say all, Murphy. There you go. Bye. Bye. That's Owen Murphy on episode number 47 of the John Cast podcast. Once again, thanks to Ian's Pizza. Go check them out. Three locations in Madison. Check out the April specials at me and Julio in Fitchburg. Plus, we're planning, I am planning a listener party in May. I've got the details. They'll be out soon enough. Uh, and johncastpodcast.com. If you want a discounted gift card to me and Julio, you can go purchase one right there. Um, at johncastpodcast.com. Don't forget to rate, review, do all the good things on Apple or on Spotify or wherever you get your podcast. That really helps out a ton. Thank you. And thank you to Owen Murphy. And thank you to you right there, you listening to the Johncast Podcast. Goodbye. <laughs>